Take RFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and live streaming of Primo local content. Download the Access Internet Radio app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This programme was first broadcast on RFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Hello and welcome to Bringing Wellbeing to Life, the programme that takes wellbeing research off the page and into our lives. I'm Dr Denise Quinlan and today I'm joined by Adrian Buckingham, classroom teacher, wellbeing educator, facilitator and my colleague at the New Zealand Institute of Wellbeing and Resilience. Adrian has decided it's time to talk to me about my work on strengths and so we're going to have a chat this morning about how strengths-based approaches can support well-being. Kia ora, Adrian. We're delighted to have you with us. Welcome to Bringing Wellbeing to Life again and thanks for joining me in this conversation about strengths. I'm so excited to talk to you about what you know best which is the strengths work that you've done. So could you tell me a little bit about how you got into that? Ah, look, I had studied in Philadelphia at the University of Pennsylvania with um, with Martin Seligman and Karen Rivich and co. And one of the things that most struck me was how kind of earth-shatteringly different it was to think about people um, in terms of what's right with them rather than what's wrong with them. And um, I guess personally, it was really interesting because um, my top strength in this particular classification we were looking at, my top strength is love. And um, that had previously, I'd worked in management consulting and that had previously been seen as a weakness. So, you know, that I cared too much about the clients or I would over deliver. So it was really nice to go from um, what I did best being perceived as a weakness to being recognized as a strength. That's pretty profound, really. So what do you mean by a strength? So the the definition that I like to use, because it's really simple, is strengths are things we do well and enjoy doing. They're things that we get a buzz out of doing. And it turns out that 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 buzz is really important. It's what helps us stay engaged and excited about the work that we do. Um, there's a whole load of, I mean, there are, there are bigger, longer, more academic definitions, but I find things we do well and really enjoy doing is a really good working definition of strengths. Fantastic. And why should we be interested in our strengths? Haven't we always been really good at looking what's right? Yeah, yeah I wish. Um, unfortunately, as humans, um, the, I don't remember the correct statistic, but it's something like we've got five times more neurons in our brains dedicated to noticing threat than reward. So we're primed to notice what's wrong. We're primed to notice where things aren't right from an evolutionary perspective. And so actually, we really need to learn how to make an effort Effort to to focus on what's right, and and focusing on strengths is really a way of training ourselves to pay attention to what's right. And this, for me, this cuts to the core of positive psychology. This whole idea that um, what's what's right and what's good about us is as important and as real as anything that goes wrong with us. We do spend so much time focusing on what we could be doing better. So this yeah. is a really interesting paradigm shift. Absolutely. And and I think that's why it is a paradigm shift that we, you know, any of us who are adults have spent years of our working lives thinking about our areas for improvement or development or, you know, um, what we need to get better at. Um, and very, very few of us have had time spent on someone saying, this is really your strength. This is your 
area that you have to share with the world. Let's really see how we can let you do this. And what a great motivator. Mm. And I think, you know, I think if if we think about where people have been encouraged to really work on, you know, play to their strengths, it's I think of performance, I think of music, I think of acting, I think of high performance sport where we've really let someone develop a strength. But in our in our working lives, in our lives as parents, in our lives as students, we tend to focus on what we're not doing so well. I think that's so true. I think that must cut to the heart of everybody's experience. Mm. So how can people find out more about their strengths? Yeah, it's like, it's, yeah, why, why would you find out more and how do you do that? Um, for me, um, it's, it's actually really simple to, to just think about, start noticing what you do, um, what you love doing. Where are you at your best? And if you struggle to notice it yourself, it's really helpful to ask people who know you well. Um, where do you, where do you, where have you seen me at my best? Um, what have I been doing? And so it's really about paying attention. And and for me, that's that's a key part of why we want to work with strengths. It's about noticing where we put our attention. So by actively looking for strengths, we're shifting our attention from what's wrong to start noticing what's right. And we can do that for ourselves and we can do it for other people too. And we actually call it strength spotting. And for me, that's one of the most fundamentally important things we can do. Um, and it's lovely working with people who have begun to notice their strengths. And, you know, I remember working with um, some year kind of six students who said, oh, I used to think I didn't have any strengths. I thought it was just all something they'd made up. But now I know I have strengths. Oh, that's brilliant. So, I mean, it seems obvious, but why should we care about knowing better strengths? What difference does it make for those students or for any of us to know what our strengths are? Well, there's there's so much research on this now, both in in schools and in workplaces, showing that if we know what our strengths are and we're using them, we're more likely to be engaged, we're more likely to be productive. In some of the work in education, we've been able to show that um, knowing, identifying and using our strengths more and using them for goals that matters matter to us, um, that's associated with greater well-being, greater engagement in the classroom, um, greater relatedness, um, and greater class, a better class climate. People tend to look out for each other a bit more and be a little more accepting of differences when we're working in a strengths-focused environment. Um, in the workplace, there is, there is some really interesting research coming out from around the world. And this is work that's been done as far afield as call centers in India and senior executive programs in the States and the civil service in Belgium and the Netherlands. So really widespread. And, um, and what they're able to see is that when you can get someone to reflect on their best self and their strengths, they show up better at work. They are um, more likely to share information in the workplace. They're more likely to participate more quickly in becoming part of a team and they perform better under pressure. That sounds like a fantastic benefit for any employee or employer, yeah. really. Um, if I wanted to get started on strengths, what would you suggest? Well, for a lot of people, they'll say, oh, I'll go online and, you know, do an online inventory. And there are a couple of different classifications of strengths that people can use. Some, So there's, there's the VIA, VIA, Values in Action Inventory of Strengths, which is designed to look at character strengths. So... 
that was designed really to say, what kind of strengths has humanity valued over time? And what are the strengths that have added up to people living a good life? So that's very much what its focus is. And then there's things like um, Gallup's Strengths Finder and CAP's Strengths Profile. And these were designed for the workplace to say they're answering the question, what kind of strengths help people succeed at work? So depending on your purpose, you can use different classifications. Or if you're just curious, but you don't want to do an online survey, um, you can just start noticing um, what you enjoy what you enjoy doing what's the best part of your day you know keeping a diary of what was the best bit of my day what was i doing um another ways of thinking about it is what are the tasks that you jump up to do what are the tasks that you do without anyone having to ask you or that you'd pay to do um i see people you know in their in their daily lives um even when you're not at work you know, we all know the people who will always be the ones who organize the parties and the birthday cards, and they're the connectors who care about relationship. Um, we all know people who will um, organize the kitchen, have everything in order and labeled and named. Um, we've all got different strengths. That's fantastic if you can bring that as much to work as you do at home. I, I guess my question as um, a parent, how can I bring it into my family? Oh, it's it's so important. And I think, um, okay, full disclosure, you know, as a parent, I can say, yes, I am completely guilty of having, you know, really wanted to help my children by helping them deal with their weaknesses mm. and pointing out to them what they're not doing right. And when I learned about strengths, it was a real eye-opener to think about rather than talking to my kids about what they're not good at, to actually have conversations around what they love. What do you really love about skateboarding? What do you love about being able to grind down a rail? What, you know, what do you love about that game you've been playing for hours on the computer? And what is it that you do? And being curious about what somebody else loves and what they're really enjoying and what skills they develop. You know, I've, I have a son whom I can hand on heart say learned perseverance from video games and has pl played a range of games over the years that I have seen really help him develop his strategic thinking as well, the kind of games he's chosen. Yeah. And it must mean so much uh, to a <coughs> child to know that their parent values what they enjoy doing and what they feel like they're good at, even if it's not sort of the traditional, oh, really good at sport or going to school. I think it's also about feeling seen. You know, we know that... Um, all human beings want understanding, validation, and caring. We want people to to see us. It's, I get you, you're okay, and I care about you. Now, one of the simplest ways that we can show we get people and we care about them is to ask them about what they're really interested in and to listen, you know? And I know, Adrian, you spoke about, you've spoken previously about how important it is to listen and to make eye contact and be interested in people. Strengths, if we're listening for strengths, it really gives us a door into a way of making that kind of contact. Yeah, and I think... I have really young children and I get so caught up on the to-do list, like, have you brushed your teeth? Where is your school uniform? Where is this? And I think when I'm asking these questions, it's embedded in love, but actually it would be more useful for me to ask, you know, what did you really enjoy about your morning and, and 
What do you think you did really well in getting organized to school rather than pointing out what hadn't been done? And noticing, and often it's difficult. Like I think about children who... Um, who are natural leaders, at some point, all of these future CEOs, you know, they all have to be five and six. And I think it's really hard to be a future CEO at five and six when nobody will give you any um, any leadership role or any control over your life. And, and noticing noticing strengths like leadership in small children and giving them some freedom and autonomy. You know, I, I've, I have a daughter who... Um, I don't know whether it shows up as a strength, but man, she has initiative and leadership. And um, one of the things that we allowed her to do from the time she was about eight was she would hold the calendar or the diary of where we were going on holidays and had the accurate picture of where we were each day over a month in Ireland and England. And, um, And she would then, you know, by the time she was 10, she was booking family holidays. It played to her strength. That's phenomenal. Yeah. And there's a huge difference between looking at your 10-year-old daughter and saying, well, you're getting a bit bossy and you're a fantastic executive planner. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've all got, we've all got strengths in certain areas. Yeah. Um, and to be allowed to be seen for them is really helpful. It really does enhance our sense of self. Yeah. What are some of the activities you found really help people with their strengths? Um. There's a number of activities that we've used um, really successfully with um, children from kind of year five through to senior executives in multinational corporations. I do like an activity that works with everybody. Um, the simplest the simplest activity for focusing on strengths is really tell me about a time you're at your best and getting people to think about a time. And it can be a small moment, but tell me about a time you're at your best and then having a conversation about it. And the conversations are really lovely and valuable in that they they allow people to to talk a bit more about what it means to them. And with children, we call this digging for gold. And we say, and if you're, you're at your job as the interviewer, um, is to listen to the story and dig for the gold, and the gold is the person's strengths. So when the person is talking about them at their best, the other person is saying, and we give them we give them questions that can help, like, and what was the best bit about that for you, and what did that mean to you? And these are lovely questions because when we say what was the best bit about it, um, it often reveals, you know, it's things like they say, oh, the best bit about it was that I was able to create it. It was all my idea and I made it happen and it worked. And you get a sense of what's really important to the person. And when we say, what did that mean to you? We often, it goes deep quite quickly. And they said, it means that I'm able to to make something new, to, to create new stuff that no one else has done. And we get a sense of what's really important to this person and where the strengths lie. Um, and with, with um, we, the reason that we think it's important to dig is that you can have a lot of people that say, you know, oh, we've got three people that love swimming. But if we ask them what's the best bit about it, we find out that one of them, it's really a strength of teamwork. And what they love is um, going going to meets with their team and training together. Someone else absolutely loves the competition. They abs- they're there for that. Um, and, and the other person just really loves the biomechanics of swimming. And if you know the strengths, then how you might, how you might apply them or the different directions you might take them in 
you're moving in very different directions then. Yeah. It makes sense that if you understand someone's strengths, you really can help the strengths lead the pathway for yeah. Yeah. the employee yeah. or the student. So tell me about a time that you used one of your strengths. Ah, um, do you know, I think I designed a program called Awesome Us. Um, for and we we used it with year fives to year eights, and making it fun, making it fun. I think I was using my strengths of being willing to create and putting myself in their shoes and wanting to make it interesting, and um, and I really thrived on them having a good time and watching that happen. Um, and so yeah, it, I think that did use my strengths. Um, I loved. I loved seeing children in the classroom feeling good about themselves and talking about what they really love because we don't often give people a lot of space to do that. And um, actually, there was another activity we used, which comes from um, uh, draws on work by a woman called Jennifer Fox in the States. And the variation that we used, we called three into one, three rolled into one. And we asked people to think about um, their favorite uh, school subject, hobby and sport and then what the best bit of each of those was. And then they had to design a new activity that had all three all three favorite bits. And it didn't have to be be feasible or realistic. And they came up with amazing stuff. Like there was one boy who loved cooking, he loved building, and he loved hanging out with his friends. And um he his new activity that combined all the best bits was going to be building a gingerbread go-kart, racing it downhill with his friends, crashing it and eating it. <laughs> that and, sounds fantastic. And from that, we ended up having lots of conversations about what do you really love and what are your strengths? And, and then the question we would ask that I think is when you know what somebody really loves doing is saying, what does it take to do that? And I often talk about one boy I worked with who um, he, he, he kind of very, very rarely came in for any praise in class, I think, and he was often not there. And he was the skatey kid who was outside working on a skateboard in every break. And his peers, um, when we said, so what strengths do you think it takes to design new skateboard tricks? This boy got to hear all his class shouting out, creativity, he's doing new stuff all the time, and um, perseverance, he never gives up, he's always out there, and bravery, bravery, because he's always falling over and getting cut, you should see his legs. And, and so this boy heard all his peers see character strengths in him, and that's got to be really, you know, that, that's part of the reason I think this is powerful and it changes classroom climate. I'm getting skin tingles, and I'm not you know, anywhere near that classroom, so that sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. What's the biggest difference between working with primary school students and CEOs when you're dealing with strengths? <laughs> oh, gosh. In a way, I want to say none. Um, uh, the year fives and sixes find it easier to really get into their strengths and when they use them. They have had fewer years focused on weakness um, and they haven't spent maybe several decades doing stuff they don't really enjoy. Mm. And so um, they are more willing to play. I have to do a bit more work to get the executives playing sometimes. But they all get into it. They all, they all get to really be excited about their strengths when they really acknowledge that they are theirs. It probably brings back some of that childlike wonder <clears throat> about life. 
Yeah. Too. So what's the one thing you would really want parents and teachers to know about strengths? Well, you know, it really, for me, it's about everybody really values their strengths. They're core to us. And that means they value their strengths and not yours. So getting beyond our own sense of what's important and respecting somebody else's strengths, Mm -hmm. that if I'm a parent and my strengths are perseverance and structure and organization and self-regulation, and I've got a child whose strengths are creativity um, and, you know, innovation and kindness, that I need to get out of my box and go and learn what's really great about their strengths. And so one of my favorite activities is getting people to pair up with someone who has a strength that's one of their bottom strengths and asking the other person, how do you use this strength? What does it mean in your life? What does it add to your life? And learning, it's really learning to respect and value other people's strengths. Oh, that just sounds like a great thing for humanity on the whole as well as individuals. Um, If there's one thing you could do for the rest of your life to support well-being, what would it be? Oh, um, I think compassion and kindness. I think um, no matter what I know or I learn, it all seems to come down to that. If I can be a little bit more compassionate for the people that I'm working with in my life and the people whom I love, um, things seem to, it brings out the best in them. So what's your go-to strategy for boosting your well-being when you're not feeling great, if you're feeling frustrated or down? What do you choose to do? Um, I know that mindfulness and exercise are really important and help kind of keep me on an even keel. But recently, it's spring right now, and so the one, one of the strategies that I realize really makes a difference to me is looking at beautiful things. Um, I come back to Dunedin and there are huge rhododendrons and azaleas and magnolias all over the place. And um, it pulls me back to an appreciation of the whole world and the beauty in it. And it puts things in perspective for me. Fantastic. It's also, I guess, the other side of the fact that Dunedin sometimes gets bagged for being a bit wet. That's what our rain. Yeah, We are growing this. And and actually, I remember working with um, a really fabulous um, 10-year-old in Dunedin some years ago who talked about using beauty to calm her down when she was losing her temper or really angry with someone in her family. She'd walk outside and walk out on the deck and look at flowers or a tree to calm her down and I thought wow that's an amazing thing for a 10 year old to be able to do because I think most adults are still I know learning honestly I guess one of my big things with strengths is that asking rather than telling if we just start asking children about their strengths we can sit back and prepare to be wowed with their insights and their understanding That's fantastic. Uh, I think that this has been such a valuable conversation, and I'm so excited to take away all of this information just to my family, but also to my work life as well. So thanks so much, Denise. Oh, great to talk to you. And I guess um, you are going to make me summarize. (laughs) Um, For me, um, it's around... We all have strengths. I think that's a great leveler. But being reminded everybody has strengths. Nobody has all of them. Um, 
they are what you do well and really enjoy doing. So spend some time getting familiar with what it is you really love doing and you do well and see where there are opportunities to use those strengths in in other ways as well. Keep using them. And, um, and I guess lastly then, noticing strengths in others wherever we can and commenting on them. We often make it, we're often very free to comment on weakness, but comment on strengths you see in other people and respect strengths that are different from your own. Yeah, that would be, they would be my big kind of takeaway points really, I think, on strengths. Yeah. Sounds like that would, each of those would have a significant impact on anyone's life. Thank you so much for being here with me and talking to me about strengths, Adrian. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Oh, I've learned so much. Thank you. You've been listening to Bringing Wellbeing to Life on ORFM Dunedin. If you'd like to learn more, our book, The Educator's Guide to Whole School Wellbeing, is available from nziwr.co.nz from early 2020. You can also listen to a podcast of this show on oar.org.nz, on nziwr.co.nz, and you can also subscribe to Apple Podcasts. I'm Dr. Denise Quinlan. Thank you for listening. This program has been brought to you by the New Zealand Institute of Wellbeing and Resilience. For more information on how schools, communities and workplaces can grow their wellbeing and resilience, go to nziwr.co.nz. Take RFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and live streaming of premier local content. Download the Access Internet Radio app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This programme was first broadcast on ORFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.